0: podcasting from a sex writing cave from somewhere in the middle of the internet. This is The Smut Lancer, a weekly podcast where we discuss creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smut Lancer podcast is hosted by me, Kayla Lords, and Molly Moore. We're two sex bloggers who have more ideas than time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a break. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with an entire community of other people who do what you do and wanna get paid to do it too. Head to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. Uh, Kayla Lords of the Smut Lancers podcast, back with the wonderful, fabulous, my best good friend and work wife, Molly Moore. Hi, Molly. Hi. So, we are doing something special uh, this month. We are throwing out a bonus episode. I don't know what the number of it is. I'm not even going to try. I need to just stop trying to tell you what episode number we're in not a clue but we have a special guest with us this week the fabulous the wonderful the person we mention all the freaking time quinn uh-huh. rhodes uh, at on queer street on twitter on Queerstreet.com is quinn's blog say hi quinn hi <laughs> um,
1: this is really weird because i listen to this podcast religiously every week and now i'm guesting on an episode it's very strange uh-huh you are you our first guest? I think I'm your first guest apart from yeah. unless you count the episode recorded at Eroticon with Kinkcraft, or the episode you did with Molly before about Eroticon before she was a co-host.
0: See, uh-huh. see, and this see is I, I lo- know this
1: podcast very well.
0: I know, you are the podcast historian <laughs> and I'm here for it. Uh thank you, because I need somebody to keep
2: track for me. Yeah, if ever we lose track of things, we can just be like, oh, we'll just ask (laughs) questions. I have
1: listened to them all at least three times at this point.
2: Aw, thank you for
0: patting my download numbers. I really appreciate that.
2: (laughs) I really, really appreciate that. Okay. Then I think you are the most appropriate uh, first guest since uh, Kayla and I have been doing it together anyway. Yeah
0: yes i absolutely agree now if uh, anybody was paying attention to the title of the episode before you hit play or download or however you do this uh, you already know what we're talking about but let me take a couple of minutes here break this down so our episode today is to help uh, those of us who want to be better allies to be trans inclusive as a person living in the world also in our content we are going to um, talk to Quinn about that and sort of pick Quinn's brain and say, okay, please help us. Please teach us why. Because one, Quinn's really good at that. And two, because Quinn offered, we don't just go around begging for emotional labor from randos. Let's not do that. Okay, y'all. But the reason we are doing this episode is because in specific to the sex blogging community, there have been some issues and then of course just in the general world if anybody actually cares that jk rowling is a human being um that many of us uh either have inherent biases and things we need to overcome or as as currently happening in the sex blogging community we have sort of found the transphobic people um and they are being awful and it's it's very uh, anger-inducing, maddening, sad. Um, I've had to grieve what I thought some people were. It's been bad. So we're not here to to dwell on that. It is a thing. Anybody who's in touch and tune with parts of the sex blogging community is probably very aware. If you follow me personally on Twitter, I've said a few things. If you follow Quinn on Twitter, you will have learned some of these things, <laughs> Molly. We're, we are happy to tell you that your transphobia sucks. But for those people who are like, mm, I would like to be better at this, that's where we want to turn our attention and focus to uh, this week, today, going forward. Um, even in the brief conversation that we had with Quinn before we started recording, I was like, there are things even I know that I know to do and I haven't done it. Oh, I need to like go get on that. So no matter how good of an ally you are trying to be or think you are, there's always something new to learn and better to do. That's what we're here for. So let's kind of start there. Let's like get into it with the tips and the tricks and the do these things, make yourself a better human being. Quinn, um, can, can we just start there? What are some sort of easy things people can do if they want to make it clear that they are trying to be an ally, that they are inclusive and accepting of transgender people, non-binary, gender fluid, the, the whole spectrum of humanity?
1: Okay, so I'm going to start by stepping back a bit, because I probably should have done this when you threw over to me earlier, but I'm Quinn Rhodes and my pronouns are Z here. Um, And I have to specify that off the top, because I am genderqueer and trans, and I do not use... I don't use she-her pronouns, even though I'm an AFAB person, and I don't use the them pronouns, which a large majority of the... which a large majority of non-binary and genderqueer folks do. I don't mind if people in passing, so Molly and Kayla in this episode, for example, if they refer to me as they, but my correct pronouns are Z and here. And M. if you refer to me as she, you are significantly misgendering me. Which leads us nicely on to our first point, which is talking about pronouns. Because trans people exist, and trans people may not use the pronouns you expect them to. I knew a guy once who said that he didn't bother putting his pronouns on a badge which had a space for his pronouns because it was obvious to everyone that he was an old, white, straight cis man. But I'm here to tell you that that is not true. Um, that is not true. You can't tell what pronouns or what gender identity someone has by looking at them. You definitely can't tell when it's a sex blog and it's an anonymous person on the internet. Uh-huh. So you need people need to tell people their pronouns. If you If you don't... If you, sorry, this is when I talk with my hands so Molly and Kayla can see me doing all sorts of weird things, but I can't <laughs> put them into my voice. I, So the basic thing, the first thing to do as a trans ally is put your pronouns everywhere. So in your Twitter bio, in your email signature, in the bio, your bio on the side of sidebar of your site, in your about me page, anywhere where you're describing who you are put your pronouns if you're doing a piece of work for a company who needs you need to, to provide a bio for like the sexy story you've written put your pronouns in your bio if you are um if you are speaking at an event start by introducing yourself with your pr- name and your pronouns the this is really important because it normalizes the idea that people might not use the pronouns they expect them to use um, and it shows that you are... It, if you particularly as a cis person are introducing yourself with your pronouns, it shows that you're aware that non-binary and trans people might be in the conversation or in your world in general. And it shows that you're going to be inclusive of them when they tell you their pronouns. So it, it takes the onus of the trans person to be like, to out themselves every time. If you start uh-huh. by saying, hi, I'm Molly, my pronouns are she, her, then you're obviously... Right you're already creating an inclusive space where you're clear that you're going to be inclusive of folks telling you that their pronouns are zizir or ze, here or they them or any number of others. Right.
2: So it it normalizes that conversation too exactly. as well. It, so that for in whatever situation that you're in, it enables people who are perhaps not using the pronouns that you know society thinks that expects them to use, it allows that to become a normalized conversation to access that group to access that conversation to be able to start off with that so that then everybody knows kind of where they are and what they're doing
1: exactly and normalize as a cis person one of the biggest things you can do is normalize having these conversations mm-hmm. and normalize the fact that trans people exist because trans people are exhausted of telling the world constantly that they exist mm-hmm. so if you can start doing that work if a cis person that's really important and yet not you can normalize the fact that everyone has pronouns, and the pronouns might not be what you expect. Uh-huh. Um. So, for example, I know just before Kayla stopped doing Masturbation Monday, um, she had started to include people's pronouns when they were doing when they were featured as the photo, featured photo or doing the roundup, and that really meant a lot to me because they were like you could a for one I wasn't worried about misgendering someone when I commented on their post or their photo, and be like i just felt far more accepted and included in that space because people weren't going to be less likely to misgender gender me if i got chosen for the top three spot and people were like "Ooh, yay quinn's post is really good she that would be less likely to happen if someone like sticks my pronouns and i do tend to put my pronouns in everything all the time but that's because i use again i use quite unusual pronouns i came out and everyone was like yeah yeah it, stands to reason that you would pick pronouns which are slightly more difficult than just the basic day there <laughs> ones like <laughs> no one was surprised that I'd done that
2: <laughs> and you've literally I have I've written down on my piece of paper here that obviously no other listener can see sinful sunday roundup pronouns because you've just immediately given me something that I can change that I haven't done, which is when the people are a guest for the roundup to include their pronouns in their introduction that I hadn't done up to this point And that uh, you, yeah, like I've written it down. Excellent. I'm going to do that. So. And I, I can, <laughs> thank you. And
0: I will say when I started doing that, it one, it, it, I, it was one of those moments. I was like, why haven't I done this? But then I started doing it. And then I got to know on a deeper level, the frustration of there not being, um, pronouns for somebody, and I've I've tried to be mindful of that for a while. And so, even before I started doing that, um, when I was trying to write an intro for the the image or the roundup person or whatever, I would struggle if they were not a personal friend of mine. I would use the singular they because when I figured I couldn't possibly screw it up. So it's it's helpful to everybody if you just put it here. Put, put your uh pronouns in your bio um because it i could it was frustrating it was like i don't want to be that person who does that but if uh-huh. you don't tell me how do i know but then of course i think the assumption is well if you're not saying then you are assuming everybody would automatically know but i overthink
1: things so there's that <laughs> that's totally fair <laughs> and like moving on from that you could just put your pronouns everywhere so people know them When you're referring to someone whose gender you don't know, again, we're assuming that not all people are cis. Um, When you're Mm -hmm. talking about someone whose gender you don't know and you don't know them, you should use they, them pronouns. Mm -hmm. Um, But when, obviously, once you know someone's pronouns, you should use those pronouns. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: For example... Sorry, you go.
2: Carry on. No, 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 I have a question, but do carry on. Um, I'm going to write it down.
1: Okay, excellent. So, for example... If people don't know my pronouns, I would prefer them to refer to me as them, they. But if they're writing something and they refer to me as them, they in a written thing, that would technically be misgendering. And I would feel a bit weird about that because those aren't my pronouns. And if the person is writing about me, they know me enough to know what my actual pronouns are. So you should use they, them pronouns when you don't know someone's gender. You shouldn't assume or use she, her. But once you do know someone's pronouns, you should use those correct pronouns as much as possible.
2: Okay, yeah, so you kind of answered my question, actually, Excellent. with what you said, because one of the things... This is a, it's actually a conversation that I had, I want to say with um, MX Nillan, actually, um, probably last year now, which was about the difference between writing it down, written written word, writing it down, so like writing it in a blog post or an email, and the spoken word, because when you write something down you have time to look back and go and check and be like am i doing this you know if i don't didn't know you particularly well mm-hmm. to be or if i was writing about a blogger who i didn't know particularly well i've got the time to go and do the little bit of research or potentially even ask them if they don't have it written somewhere and so to make that mistake when you're writing particularly if you continue to keep making that mistake, seems like you're just not redoing the work. But we then had the conversation about how the spoken word can be much harder because our language and how we've been brought up with it is very gendered, and that's very ingrained, whether you're, like, your age, which is significantly younger than me, or even my age, you those words often trip out of your mouth before you, like literally the minute they're out, you're like, that's the wrong word. That's the wrong word. But that's such an ingrained in our speech that that's a much more challenging space, I think. And so I guess my question was around that, like that there is a bit more give there in the sense that when people speak to realise that, those words, I mean, I uh, hold my hands up. I have misgendered Quinn. Um, uh, it was quite a little, a little while ago now. And immediately the word was out of my mouth. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> that did that really well. Um, but I think we even then had a little conversation about how it's much harder in speech sometimes to, to get that right. That's not an excuse to just willfully keep doing it, by the way.
1: Yeah, okay, so I'm going to start with a, my personal, I fuck this up, my end boyfriend my partner, who I've been dating for 10 months at this point, uses them-they pronouns, and has used them-they pronouns since our first date. And I will okay. still occasionally refer to them with he-him pronouns, particularly when I'm talking to my parents, but that is a whole different issue, um, which sure. we're not getting into <laughs> at the moment. Um, but I like everyone fucks up and misgenders people sometimes. Um, yeah, in a second, I'm going to talk about what you should do when you have fucked up and misgendered someone. But first, let's talk about let's answer Molly's question more specifically and say that it does depend on the person. For example, some trans women and trans men will be really hurt and upset if you refer to them as them in casual speech rather than he or her, depending on whether they're a trans man or a Wait, trans woman. Sure. Um most I obviously can't speak I can't, this is an important point i don't speak for all trans people or all trans sex i'm just i have lots of opinions for me personally as long as someone gets my pronouns right when they're writing them down that's good and if they refer to me of them or they in casual speech that's okay but if they refer to me if she or her in casual speech that's misgendering me and mm-hmm. um, it's not the end of the world but it is misgendering me some trans people people and non-binary people will not mind at all that you, you, them, they in a in casual speech as long as you get their pronouns right when you've it's something written down. And some people really will because it really matters to them. mm mm-hmm. um, I think that in general, it, the, like, defaulting to they, them when you're speaking about someone is always a good idea. If you aren't sure of their pronouns, go for them, they. If you, mm-hmm. like, there's also other ways to do it by just using the person's name more. I think Kayla, for yeah. example, several times at the start of this podcast wasn't sure how to put my pronouns in and called me Quinn instead, which is totally fine. And it's a thing which people are encouraged to do. Like, it's better to use someone's name or refer to them as, say, the organiser of Eroticon rather than misgendering them. Sorry, yeah. I'm going to be using Molly in all my examples. You, you're written down in, like, all of my lists here. <laughs> okay. Um, so... I think that... I think you're right. I think it is... I mean, it's definitely hard to retrain yourself. Like, I am deeply in love with someone and I don't always get their pronouns correct. I don't even get my pronouns correct all the time because I I don't talk about myself in third person very often. And when I do, I will frequently get them wrong. Um, But when it's written down, it's really important to me that it is that way. And so I suppose I would say going a bit rambly here, I would say that as long as you're... I would say if you default to them, they, if you're speaking, that's probably okay for most people, particularly non-binary yep. people. Um, but trans people, like, particularly s- trans people who... Hang on, I'm not going to say the word passing here because that's a different discussion which I'm not qualified to have. Generally, trans people, you want to be using their correct pronoun the whole time and correcting yourself when you don't do it because... Mif-
2: doing something that's just... It's just what I was going to talk about, because I was actually going to bring up the whole correcting yourself. Yeah. Because for me, that's been something that I think, in fact, you and I, I think, had this conversation about the fact that the, the time that I misgendered you, I, the instant I'd done it, I knew I had done it. I could and see on your face that showed... you'd done it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think my face probably just looked a picture. Um, but acknowledging I think that you're going to make that mistake as you said you make that mistake yeah um but then knowing I think when you if you can identify it in the moment and go oh sorry you know that was a mistake it should have been this and that's always as soon as it's out I'm like oh what is wrong with my mouth why does it you know but I think that shows that you're Learning because we're all learning and trying to get better.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Like there are very few trans people who if you misgender them once, they will never talk to you again. Mm -hmm. I'm sure those people exist, but I'm definitely not one of them. I am I misgender my partner, other people misgender me, and that's a natural part of the process. I was prepared Mm -hmm. to come to eroticon in March before it was cancelled and get misgendered a lot and just be keep be correcting people on my pronouns. But there is a right way and a wrong way to respond to misgendering someone. So say you do it mm-hmm. in let's take the first instance. So let's do it in casual conversation. So two people are talking and um, and you get someone's you're t- telling them about say your partner and you get their pronouns wrong. Mm-hmm. The correct thing to do is as soon as you realise you've misgendered them is to stop, apologize, Correct yourself and move swiftly on. Especially if you're talking to the person you've just misgendered. mm uh-huh. What you don't want to do, as a cis person who have just... tipped, am particularly speaking for cis sex bloggers at the moment. Cis sex bloggers who have fucked up a trans person's pronouns. You don't want to make it about you so you don't need to make the apology i'm really sorry i don't know what happened i have loads of trans friends i don't usually make mistakes like that i'll never do it again i'm really sorry i feel really bad i would never misgender you that is centering yourself in the apology and that's not helpful uh-huh. for anyone what you want to do is c- apologize correct yourself and move on with the conversation and most importantly not do it again uh-huh. give an apology if you say example, misgender me in one sentence and then two sentences later do exactly the same thing your apology the second time means slightly less like it's something what if you've apolog, apologized for and admitted you made a mistake to be more conscious when you're saying words and like we've already discussed it's very like words just come out of our mouths we don't always have full control like people are going to make mistakes but acknowledging that you've made a mistake apologizing moving on and Set, not, center, not putting the onus on the trans person to be like, it's okay that you misgendered me. Because it's, mm-hmm. okay. it's not okay when you misgender someone. It really fucking hurts. Um, but it's also a part of life for most trans and non-binary people, so we, we will be okay with it, as long as you don't make this really long apology which centres yourself in it. Mm-hmm. Which has happened a few times recently and is not. Great fun. <laughs> I have a I know I'm going to plug my Patreon at the end, but I have a tier on my Patreon which is at the $2 level, which is, uh, I'm sorry for misgendering you. So if someone misgenders me and then sends me a really big long message about, I'm really sorry for misgendering you, I wouldn't usually do this. I'm trying to be such a good ally. It was a mistake. I feel really bad. I will send them the link to my Patreon and be like, you can subscribe at the $2 level if you want to feel better, because that's the thing which will make me feel better about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And this is when capitalism works at its finest. It really does. Uh, you know i can think back to moments where i've done that i've misgendered or or i've just misspoken in general not even specific about this and and those massive apologies come out like these mea culpas of oh my god i'm the you know self-flagellation i'm the worst person ever i'm so sorry and it does come from this really like Part of it for me is anxiety, but it comes from this place of guilt. Like I'm like, I'm almost like I'm trying to to, to hold back the hate that I think I'm going to get, which is not helpful. Um, and that I know for me has been a relearning process of just going, just just fucking apologize and do better next time. It, it Keep it simple. Just don't like fall on your own sword in front of somebody because what good does that even do Uh yes so exactly yeah I have I have had to unlearn some of that it's like a and I think I know from my perspective it's um partly that I want them I've wanted that person to know I really didn't mean it I'm not this awful person but I I totally get I, I get what you're saying and it absolutely makes sense and I'm I I am I am a recovering apologist, <laughs> like I am working on it in all situations, but I think that that's important for, for cis people to hear. Like the, the big apology, when it was a simple mistake, it is it's not helping anybody. Is that would that be fair to say,
1: Quinn? Yeah, totally. Like if you've misgendered someone, you're probably feeling quite guilty about it. You're not feeling as bad as the person who's just been misgendered is feeling, and putting that guilt on them as with with this laborious apology as well as them having to feel bad about it. it just puts them in a really really shitty position so you need to just deal with your guilt in your own time take it away work on it apologize and try not to fuck up again um and you said something else really interesting there that i was going to comment on which is that the, which is like for most tracks most trans people will not think you're a horrible person if you misgender them. They won't be happy about it, but they won't assume you're a horrible person. We generally, at least I, generally assume that good intentions are meant, and that people do fuck up sometimes, mm-hmm. but I generally mm-hmm. have more issue with the way they centre themselves and their apology to me than the actual fuck up. So I i will assume good intentions are, met, are meant, and you've misgendered me because you're not to saying Z here, rather than you're deliberately trying to hurt me, unless and this is an important caveat, but given everything which is going on recently, you have a history of making transphobic mistakes and it and you seem to be misgendering someone repeatedly or deliberately. And in that case, I have no mercy for you. No forgiveness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that the, they don't deserve mercy at this point. Now that I've gotten to witness it more uh, closely than I used to, it's like, oh yeah, I totally get it. No, 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 pitchforks here. I'm, I'm here for pitchforks. Um. That, that I think maybe let's get back around to it. So there's the the, the apology, the just a quick, you know, and then let's move on. What about when somebody... So I am thinking of the current state of the sex blogging community. Somebody Mm -hmm. did it repeatedly for different reasons. We can go into their motivations uh, if you'd like, but somebody does it. And now they've learned better they want to do better they're what looks like a genuine try to to educate like how how do you how do how where's the separation between this is just performative because people got mad at me and i don't want them to be mad at me versus i'm like what does that apology look like or is it just unique to everything in context
1: is key context is definitely key an apology will look different for every person like I know there are some trans non-binary sex bloggers right now who are not going to forgive things which have happened recently no matter what apologies are made. And there's people like me who are very, very angry, but if I get an apology, I am willing to work with these people again, potentially, if they actually show the change. So there's two things important here. If you're Mm -hmm. making an apology, you need to obviously apologise with sincerity and you need to not undermine that apology with any... m. repeated mistakes or misgendering or transphobic behaviour going forward. So you need to obviously sh- actually say the words, I'm sorry, and we need to work to do better in the future. I think I started a one, two bullet point lift and then put both of them in the same one. So yeah, two points there, actually say sorry, which if in- I realise that's incredibly hard for people to do, but it's also incredibly important and incredibly healing to hear the words, I'm sorry for fucking up. And then go th- when you go forward, Work to educate yourself and not make the same mistakes again. And um, so, for example, I—if you have been—if you have—if you have misgendered someone, say once in a blog post, and then you do the same thing again in a blog post, and that person, say that trans person, calls you out for it, which is completely right. Um they're completely within their rights to do because that's justifiable anger. You can't be like, mm-hmm. oh, you should have told me this privately if they've already corrected you about it privately once and you're, you said sorry, but you're now doing the same thing again in a public place, which is hurting them again. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not my most eloquent example. I'm sorry. Uh, so I, po- I need to, like, for me personally, at this point, I need to see some apologies from people, like genuine, I'm sorry, apologies. I'm directed specifically not to Twitter at large, I don't care if you're a to Twitter you might need to say, I fucked up, I'm working to be better to Twitter, but some people you need to actually go to them to their emails or to their DMs and be like, I'm sorry, I relive my actions have personally hurt you. And then you need to see and then we need to see actual change moving forward. So people working to educate themselves, people making move to put pronouns in their Twitter bios, people not making shitty transphobic mistakes again with their language, or literally othering trans people. Um I don't get to say the word literally very often, and this is one case when I can say literally <laughs> <laughs> othering yes. trans people, and I'm very <laughs> happy about it. Um, and so, and that change, that you can't just tweet and be like, I'm going to change everything up because I'm sorry. You need to, you need to, obviously if you definitely tweet, be like, I'm sorry, I'm working to be better, but you can't, that tweet doesn't do anything. I need to see systemic actual change and learning and growth over the next like, couple of months to, like, have an apology actually mean anything.
0: And I and I think that's fair. In the post I wrote several months ago, when some of these things started to just sort of bubble to the surface, one of the things I said, and it was because I had learned from different communities that you don't always get to be forgiven by the people you hurt and you're going to have to live with that that's just the nature of it um Mm -hmm. and that what you can do going forward is prove who you are so maybe people who find you later are like okay this person is a safe person and if they ever go back and see any of the drama they can go oh look this is actual growth but we we i would say that that's like the height of privilege from a, a cisgender level from you know, being white from being, for me, it's I'm mostly straight. Like we kind of, we were so centered. If you have one level of those privileges, you're so centered in parts of conversations that it's inconceivable that you couldn't be forgiven, or it's inconceivable that you have to work this hard to relearn old things. And I, I have had, a um, in part of my personal growth, I've had those thoughts and then I've had to like get the fuck over them because I'm trying to move through the world as hopefully a decent human being. And that's, I I I don't agree with it and I don't support the view, but I do kind of understand when a person's like, but I'm a good person overall. Why can't you just forgive me? Well, first of all, fuck that. Um, do better. Try better find, you know, get to know other people who might give you that grace, but the people who've been hurt directly don't have to do that. And I feel like that's like the hardest lesson for some people to learn. They've gone through their whole lives going, well, I just said I was sorry, and we moved on, and I didn't have to actually change anything. All I had to do was say I was sorry. And they they think all should be forgiven. And I think that in this situation that we're those of us who are in the sex blogging community are, are going through is i think that's a hard realization that people are are finally coming to and what they've done is double down and, and get worse and just uh, be gross and it's awful it's really negative um but that's sort of what it feels like is that for the first time in their life somebody's saying no you, you don't get an easy pass on this it's we're not going to let it be easy for you and they just can't handle it so
1: yeah, yeah. like you said the words you said the phrase, I'm a good person overall, and that has come up a lot recently. And if you're a good person overall, then after the first time you get called out for a mistake, you apologise, work and do better, and don't make the same mistake again repeatedly for the next three months. Mm-hmm. Which, and I don't think there's anyone at the moment who in, in, involved in all of this, who has made a mistake, actually apologised, undone the work to not fuck up again. So those might all be overall good people. And I have been very careful throughout this whole thing. I'm not calling anyone a transphobe. I think lots of people have shown very transphobic behaviour. But we live in an overall, a very transphobic society. In Mm -hmm. the same way, we live in a very racist society. Like, the amount Mm -hmm. of work that as white people we need to be doing right now to unlearn Racism mm-hmm. and learn anti-racism. Like in this week, I've been buying books, I've been reading articles, I've been donating to charities. Mm-hmm. That is what cis. I don't want to draw any comparisons between what's happening to trans people right now and the white supremacist, white supremacist police violence in the states, because the Black Lives Matter movement is a different thing and a more systemic thing in some ways. And I have a lot of privilege of a white person, but that is how hard cis people need to be working right now to not fuck mm-hmm. up. Because trans people. I said recently to a friend, I think twenty twenty even in some ways the best part time alive to be a trans person, a non kind of a non binary trans person, but also it fucking sucks because we have all of the drama in the mm-hmm. sex phone community. We have J.K. Rowling. We have mm-hmm. Trump taking away uh, things to make healthcare non discriminatory against queer and trans people in the states. We have Liz Truss, who's supposed to be mm-hmm. the in the UK, who's supposed to be the minister for women and inequalities, and who is. Putting forward some very questionable trans views at the moment. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not quite sure where that slight rant started. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can't you can't say claim that you're a good person overall if you're not showing that you're actually doing the work to unlearn your the transphobic behaviour and the transphobic views which society has given you by nature of growing up within it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would say that that's almost the 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 thing that I wish more cis people would get is that it is society and a system that taught us this having these views or these behaviors or these patterns is not what makes us the bad person what makes us the bad person is being shown that that's not that's not good that's not healthy that's not right that's not that's not equitable there's it's discriminatory it's phobic being shown that and deciding that you just don't have to learn something different because it's too hard, because it's too complicated. Like I can hear all of the excuses in my head. And I will fully admit several years ago, I was making those excuses in my head. Um, Uh And I, I, I know what it means to sit with uncomfortable feelings and to get defensive first, and that be your first reaction. But what I I personally have learned is the moment I feel defensive, that means I need to go away and I need to do some serious soul searching because why am I defensive about this? Why do I think it says something about me personally? It's a system that we are in that we have to break. And the only way we can break that system is for people to go, actually, I can choose to do something different. I can choose to be better. I can choose to learn about this. I can choose to change my behavior. And I I... I don't want to say I have sympathy for cisgender people, but I do, maybe that's the right word. I understand it, but I reject it because it's laziness is ultimately what it is.
2: Right, because what I was actually going to say is I think we can all acknowledge that it's hard, that this is difficult, that this, as you said, a lot of this is, and I said earlier, a lot of this is learned behavior from the society that we have been raised in. And that can be really hard, breaking those things that are just ingrained through what for through all those systems i think one of the keys is to acknowledge that it's hard like it's okay in a way to say oh this is hard but i can do these things to take the time to listen to sit with how you feel about it but to listen to other people to read as much as you can to absorb the information that in as way as you can and be like I'm actively trying to learn to get better to do better um and I acknowledge that this is hard for everybody but we if we all kind of get into this together we can all do better and everyone will be happier
1: yeah, I think those are really good points. I want to come back to something Kayla said about having sympathy for cis people. Um, it's the wrong, because, wrong word. I don't, yeah, I don't have a good I, for I know it. you. I know that wasn't what you mean, but okay. I'm like, if this is really hard. We have to unlearn these systems, and it's not going to be comfortable mm-hmm. or easy work for any of us. Particularly sure. for cis people who aren't aware of this. So I've spent, I've been out as queer for two years at this point i've known i was queer for like four years i've only been out as trans since february um, but since then i've always got de- developed a deeper understanding of what it's like to move through the world as a trans person and mm-hmm. um, people who have never had to think about the fact that people's genitals might not match their pronouns mm-hmm. i th- this is going to be really hard and like it's perfectly fine to To have people who... It's perfectly fine to find it difficult... Or to need it to take time to relearn these things... Or to... Make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. I think the thing is to do... Is not to... Put the... Oh I'm so tired of having to work this hard... To do this thing... Onto Mm -hmm. a trans or non-binary person. If you want to discuss how hard this is... Discuss either with a very close friend of yours... No matter what their gender identity... Or with other cis people... Don't bitch about how hard it is to do this work to trans people because as hard as it is to do this work, it is nowhere near as hard as moving through the world as a trans one or binary person. Yeah, agreed. I Co- think that's really important. So, completely like,
0: completely agree. Completely
1: agree. Completely mm-hmm.
0: agree. I hate the I, I hate the word that keeps coming to mind is sympathy, and I think it's because I have been there, but. I would never slide into Quinn's DMs and go. Let me tell you how hard this was for me today. <laughs> uh, no, no, I actually feel kind of weird even admitting that it's hard because it's because of that. Because wait, I'm calling this difficult, but I I have a very easy life moving through this world. And when in the compa- when yeah, you compare, absolutely. it's not difficult. It's not difficult at all. It's challenging. Maybe challenging is a better word. I don't know. That is maybe a much better word. But it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that cis thing of oh, this is different than I used to do, and so uh, I have to think about these things. And yet, it's by reading what trans people are saying and it's by following people and just sort of absorbing information that you open your eyes very quickly to yeah as fucking difficult as i might call this it's nothing it's nothing in comparison
1: so i know i've made several people very uncomfortable with some of the posts i've written recently particularly when i wrote Last week about all the stuff which had been happening in the news, I've had several DMs for people saying that it, they, it made them cry or it made them really uncomfortable. And they weren't saying that in a, I need to apologise for that. But I, I'm really glad it made people feel all those things. Because mm-hmm. that's like a fraction, in that post, I conveyed a fraction of what's going through my head. And it helped cis people, c- cis sex, them mm-hmm. to them see exactly what's happening right now. Because if you, if you, if, same thing with queerness, blackness, transness, if you aren't experiencing the prejudice the whole time, you can block it out of your system or pretend it's not happening. And that's totally fine. Like you don't have to be hyper aware every single minute that this, this shit is happening in the world, but a trans person will be hyper aware every single minute or at least a couple of minutes, every single hour that this is happening. And being asked to just like be a little bit aware of it is much, as you say, much easier than just living with it the whole time.
2: Yeah, and I think the for me the thing that's really important is to be able to look at that and know that that's your privilege. Mm-hmm. Like as you said, the fact that it's possible to turn that off, whether as you whether that's you know the trans issues or race or whatever, that you actually are in a position to go, ooh, this is all a bit much for me right now. I'm going to step away. If you don't understand that. Being able to step away is a massive privilege. Then that is where, if there's a problem there, if you're not seeing how that's accessible to you because you are white, cis, you know, whatever it is we're talking about, then that's exactly where there's this, where there's an issue. Whereas if you, you know, that post, I'm so I'm really glad that you wrote that post. I know that post was very hard. Thing to write it was very hard to read but I it was also very powerful and it made my heart hurt <laughs> It made, like it, it really really had like and I feel like I am fairly aware person about a lot of these issues anyway but it was so stark in that post it like you couldn't it it i don't whoever you are i don't believe you could read that post and not like it took my breath away because it's just how it is experienced for you it's like almost machine gun fire of constant stuff that is oppressive and negative and that I think you wrote that post in a way that conveyed that. And that was incredibly powerful. And I think that I... It, as I said, like it made my heart hurt. But I also know that reading that... it I was... Looked at that and it was like... Oh, I have so much privilege in this situation. Because I don't have to live... I don't have to... I can choose not to. I can say... I'm taking a break from this and a trans person or a non-binary person that's not it. or or somebody a person of colour if we're talking about this in the sense of the race issue doesn't get that option to s- just stop thinking about it for today
1: yeah I have been um, I've also been I've not apologising for writing posts which make people cry I've not been apologising for that I've been almost solidly tweeting for the last couple of days about trans issues and I admit, I almost tweeted yesterday that I wasn't sure why cis sex bloggers were still, you know, posting nude photos and sex toy reviews because they, some of, when is this? We're on the 19th of June now. On the 18th of June some Mm -hmm. really serious things happened in the sex blogging community as regarding transphobia and I couldn't believe Mm -hmm. that cis sex bloggers weren't talking about it because surely they knew, surely they were seeing my tweets and other people's tweets but they weren't talking about it and they weren't even taking one day to be like, yes, this is a really issue, a real issue, a huge problem that we need to deal with. So I I realize that that I realize that I have quite I have very high standards for myself, and in certain things they cross over into other people. Mm-hmm. So I was, I felt let down by my community yesterday because not more more people more people were posting photos of their tits than posting about the transphobia which happens, and it comes across as really obviously not everyone's timeline on twitter needs to be gloom and doom the whole time but Ryan recently has been very I'm just retweeting petitions about transness and information and stuff about the transphobia and the sex problem community and I'm not going to apologize for that or for wanting cis people to do slightly more because if I think I said this in my post if I I feel like if I stop tweeting about it no one else will be tweeting about it I know that for some people I am the reason that they know that this stuff is happening so if I take a break and stop talking about it they won't be informed and they won't do anything they won't do things like write to their MPs um, which is which is hard and I want I would like this this is getting more personal rather than general but I want people I want CIS sex to step up so I don't have to be on the whole time because the same way it's not on it's not on black or people of colour to solve racism, it is not on trans people to f- solve transphobia. That is on cis people to, like, work through your shit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not directed particularly at Molly and Kayla, because they're both great allies, who have helped me a lot over the last couple of months. And um, But, like, y- yesterday, particularly, being on Twitter was hard, and I felt like... I felt let down by my community, who claim to be sex and queer-inclusive, and who weren't stepping up for me on a day I really needed it. And another thing, which goes back to something Kate, Kate said a minute ago, so this is slightly less, slightly less dark and personal. Um, but the reason that recently someone said that trans and um, sex bloggers should spend less time on the internet and go about in the real world. And I'm here to remind them that trans... <laughs> Sorry, this is a little bit subtweety, though I'm 100% sure that this person is not going to read this, that trans people get killed in the real world. I worry about my partner's safety every time they leave the house because they do not present... They're an AMAB person and they do not present 100% masculine. They wear skirts and scarves and they their gender expression is incredible and i love them and they are so fucking beautiful but they do not that is not a safe way to present every day they slip out of the house they're making a choice to be themselves Mm -hmm. rather than to be safe and they have they risk they do get shit shouted at them when they're going through the streets i get shit shouted at me but mostly that's because i have tits not because i fuck with gender um and like the reason we have these communities online and where we're really passionate about this stuff online is because it's not actually safe for us to leave our houses and go about in the real world. Obviously, we do do that, but every time we're making a choice, do we do we be ourselves in the outside world or do we stay safe? Right. Um, and which is why it's really important to have communities online which are inclusive, and that's why it's important for us to create safe spaces for queer and trans people online. And that's why... That it really hurts when a community who says they're sex positive, which you and feminist, you cannot be a feminist unless you're inclusive of trans people in that feminism, and lots of mm-hmm. people are right now saying that they're they're feminists and they're trans inclusive feminists, and their actions are not adding up to that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I will, I have nothing. I feel like I have nothing to add. I have a question that's not a question because I think I know the answer. But here I go, because i must say it, because don't I always. So I know that there are, because I see the rumblings, I see the conversations. There are people who worry that some of it is performative. And sometimes it is. If the actions don't back up the words, of course it's performative. Does a certain level of performativeness, performative, what's being performative? Don't know how to conjugate that word. Um. Does that, is that helpful as long as it's coming from somebody who is backing up their words with action? So I, um, I tend to retweet things when I feel like there's a thing I can say that is meaningful, that might get, um, somebody to maybe think about it or to, to look at it or at least click on it and go, oh, wait, what is this? Is, is it, what would be the most helpful in a situation like that? Is it enough to just do a quick retweet if everything, if your actions in other ways are matching up or is it better to share those things when you have something meaningful to say? Is it, again, are we back to context is key and it depends on what we're talking about.
1: Um, That's a really interesting point and context is key. And again, this is definitely one where every single trans person will be different. But personally for me, I know that I have some really great allies within the sex blogging community and I also know that yesterday those people were tweeting, I am inclusive of sex, of trans, of trans and non-binary sex bloggers and I am, I think they should be allowed to make their own safe spaces um, we need to speak out against transphobia, but they were not retweeting the tweets by me or Mixnilin or other trans and non-binary sex bloggers calling out the issues. So in those instances, I would prefer you not, I don't need you to say the words, I am supportive of trans people, I need you to retweet our, retweet us, elevate our voices. Okay. And that, mm-hmm. yesterday mm-hmm. in particular, was, that was more important to me than people saying tweets being like, I support the queer community. Like, mm-hmm. I I imagine, most people will say they support the community queer community, I know you support the queer community, well I want you to stay, if not just the words, but stepping up for the actions. So, there always there's a certain level of performativity in things. And... It's really hard, like... It's really hard to tell if someone is performative or not, unless it's being backed... Because you can't always see their actions. But with things like that, if you're only retreating cis people into your timeline, and Mm -hmm. making statements like, I support trans people without retreating the voices of trans people, Mm -hmm. I would say that looks like performative allyship to me. If you are... um, If you... Say you tweet and say that you apologise to all the trans people you've hurt, but you've blocked all of those trans people so they can't see your apology. So you're only apologising for the followers who are still, who can still see it. That is very performative to me. Um, you, we all, there definitely needs to be a bit performativity, I need to see people saying that the stuff which is happening right now in the trans, in the sex blocking community, is not okay. But I also need people to be amplifying our voices. I need to see people paying us. I need to see people. Recognizing that when they ac- come into our DMs and ask those questions, that is emotional labour. And I will do that for many of my friends, but not for, all, like, they come to a point when I can't do it anymore. Um, did that answer your question? I'm not quite sure if that fully answered the question. I think we do need, we definitely need... Uh, a-
2: y- yes, it...
1: We need a certain level, like, all...
2: I think for me, it answered the question in a, in the sorry... Quinn, I spoke over you, but in the sense that uh, actually something you said really clicked for me there which was about, and I think it's again it's about, you don't have to centre yourself in it always, that just elevating other people's so like yesterday, perhaps is a good example elevating other people's trans and non-binary bloggers' voices was the action rather than talking about yourself so that, like, that Mm, that's a good and interesting point to, and that, for me to absorb. Yeah I,
0: I kind of had the same thing I, f- I feel I don't ever think I do enough or say enough and yet I I would prefer I know I don't retweet enough and I know it's because I'm using my privilege to stay the fuck off Twitter because sometimes I just gotta um, but I have I always felt a little squidgy about putting out a blanket tweet of well I'm inclusive because i f- feel like it's real easy to say that and that what, what does that do so I feel I feel better that it was probably more helpful to retweet what somebody else was saying who's not cis, in this case it was Nillin um and that then tells me that's what I need to do more of and so that going forward it's less again it's less about centering myself and here's who I am because part of my personal philosophy is I do think these things need to be said from time to time you need to Sometimes you have to just say it out loud. But I would rather let my actions speak. I would rather try to do the right thing. I would rather stumble and fall. I'd rather learn and let you see the growth and whatever so that you can decide for yourself. Like, I don't, I personally would not call myself an ally, not because I don't want to be an ally, but it's because I don't get to decide that. The The other communities that I'm trying mm-hmm. to ally myself with get to decide if I'm being a good ally. And if I'm not being a good ally and they say something to me, then I have to deal with that and work on that and let's, whatever. So, but I, do, I also don't think I do enough. I Yeah,
2: because otherwise you're just defining your own right, and, what, and not actually. That's real easy to do. I, it's
0: like being an influencer. I'm an influencer. Who do you influence? Well, not a damsel. Are you really an influencer? Um, so that, that, the takeaway for me, my takeaway so far just in this conversation is I really need to put my pronouns every, every, every fucking where. But, um, also that I don't need to worry about because I start to feel guilty when I see cis bloggers going I am trans inclusive and I'm not tweeting the same thing I'm like oh no should I should I say that too but I need to do more of what what is probably is exactly what you said raise up non-binary transgender voices voices and, and say here yeah. and and i am becoming more aware of my platform all the time i'm you know i look at the numbers but it's ugh. and so we all have platforms if you have a twitter account and if you've got 100 people following you that's 100 people following you so if you're a cis person in general hi i'm talking to all all the cis listeners now uh use that platform even if you're only reaching one person you're reaching somebody and you're showing where you stand instead of proclaiming it so yeah that that's so far there's the take i mean there's lots of takeaways like also yeah uh some of those conversations uh i are better between your the it's hard much better to have between have those with your cis friends but pronouns everywhere amplify uh voices who are not cis we're learning, yeah, we're I... learning publicly on a recording, yay! yay!
1: <laughs> and like, yeah, I think it comes down to the fact that tweeting I am trans inclusive is a very important thing to do, and that's an important thing to say. But if your actions aren't backing that up, it doesn't mean anything. Like if you're uh-huh. not retweet yeah. if your your actions include retweeting trans and non-binary sex bloggers, your actions include putting your pronouns places. If you're not doing any of those things and you're just saying the word, that is performative. But things like, but even if things are small, of say, retweeting Nilan's thread yesterday of transphobic abuse they've experienced since calling out transphobia in the sex blocking community. Retweeting that is mm-hmm. an action amplifying the voice of a trans person and what Mm -hmm. you did yesterday Kate was really good because you retweeted it and you added a comment and you were like this is what we need to do i was less impressed by people who retweeted your retweet and we so they weren't retweeting a cis sex blogger saying we need to do better and said yes we need to do better instead of retweeting the actual call out which Nilan had posted in the first place Mm -hmm. i hope that will make sense
0: oh totally and i would Mm -hmm. i would definitely say for any anybody out there um you, nobody's calling you a bad person because that's what you did but now you know better you move forward next time Molly retweets something you're like oh yeah don't retweet Molly go to the thread Molly is retweeting or the tweet Molly is retweeting or the blog post and tweet it yourself there you go simple simple
1: I mean you can totally do both I don't mind you having an opinion on something but as long as you're doing the work as well and this case mm-hmm. the work is as simple of going to my or Nilan or Quenby's timelines and retweeting our tweets about what's happening
2: yeah. So I mean I tweeted I retweeted um Nilan's thread and yours. I did also retweet Girl on the Nets um tweet, but simply because she had captured so perfectly um my thought on um one of the things yes. from one of the big things from yesterday that I oh, that I, I couldn't i read it and was like oh i just i don't i couldn't have improved on those words so but she captured a sentiment about a particular thing which was why i retweeted it and again that it wasn't her saying something about herself yeah um and so that was somebody that i did retweet simply for that thing but yeah that's yeah, that's really good advice I think and that's a really important thing to keep in mind yeah
1: like it's totally fine to retweet cis people who are talking about these things or retweet lots of cis people as long as you're also retweeting trans people if your timeline is sure. just cis people then saying I'm trans inclusive looks very performative and, mm-hmm. and if you if this stuff is going down in the community and you've said in the past I'm trans inclusive but you're not retweeting any of this because it would like muck up your timeline of beautiful nudes and things that is very performative. Like, you can't say the thing and then not do the thing. And there has been a lot of cis sex bloggers recently who have written posts like, How to be a more trans inclusive person. And I have mixed feelings about those posts, honestly. Some people have come to me and be like, Would I'm going to write this post? Can I pay you to do a sensitivity reading of this post? In which case, yes, that's brilliant. Totally will do that, and I'll make sure you get a good post and you're raising up trans voices. I think Mm -hmm. the thing I've told to every single person who've come to me and asked me for advice about those posts is if you're not linking to at least one trans person in your post, then you're making the conversation about you and you're doing this thing very performatively and you're not using your voice to lift other people up. Mm -hmm. Everyone who I have spoken to did then go on and put a link to me and Nylan and Quendi Creatives and some of the other trans sex bloggers in those posts, which meant that they weren't just being like these are the things you have to do with a cis ally, but they were like, if you want more information, go and actually listen to the trans people rather than the cis people. Sure. And that was really really important to me. I'm not really here for people saying this is how to be a good ally to trans people if you haven't either paid a trans person to make sure that that's good advice or you're not linking to any trans people. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're not... Like, if you're cis, you have more privilege than trans people. Even if... They have 200 followers on Twitter and you have 100 followers on Twitter. You still have more privilege and you should be using uh-huh. that to lift up other voices. And that's the symbol of putting a link at the bottom of your post being like, I'm a cis person with lots of privilege. Go and check out these trans and non-binary sex bloggers here, here, and here. Uh-huh. I, I think that's that is
0: excellent advice. And also for people out there, even if it's not the how to be a good ally post, but you just want some... Uh, sensitivity reading, hire Quinn. We're we're all here for hire Quinn and and hire and and hire other non-binary and trans professionals to make sure you're not fucking it up. Just saying, just saying. And Definitely. if you're like,
2: uh-huh.
0: if you're like, I can't afford to pay a big fee, you know what you can do? You can join Quinn's Patreon. We'll we'll make sure. Well, actually, we'll make sure links to all of the things we've discussed are in the show notes, including because I know Quinn's going to talk about uh, Patreon at, towards the end. But just, I'm just saying, it's real easy ways, so no excuse. Um, is there anything else that you wanna make sure gets said, whether it's tips and advice or points you wanna make about this entire conversation, about the idea of being more trans inclusive and
1: how cis people can just be better? I do. And this is where the conversation gets a little bit more complicated, because we're, we're sex bloggers. We talk about sex and we talk about bodies an awful lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And being sometimes being trans inclusive in your language around these things is really hard. So I wrote a post the other day, a different post, about misogyny, which I experience every day as an AFAB person. And mm-hmm. in that post, I initially said, this is I said I was talking about women and AFAB people. And another trans blogger, after reading this post, slid into my DMs and was like, I don't think your language is as inclusive as it could be, because I am an AFAB person, and I do not experience this misogyny. I think you need to say cis women and trans and non-binary people who experience misogyny, who suffer from misogyny. That, was, that It took that full sentence. Cis people and trans and non-binary people who suffer from misogyny 12 words instead of just putting women and AFAB people, which is four words, to make sure Mm -hmm. that my point was inclusive of the people reading that blog, that blog post. So this is, it's really hard. What I'm sort of coming to here is the idea that if you write, say, all women need clitoral stimulation to get off, that Mm -hmm. is obviously most, so firstly, most women do need clitoral stimulation to get off, but also not all women do. And some women have dicks and some women won't have clitorises and things get very complicated. Obviously, I'm not probably not talking to any sex toy brands here, but if you could just stop dividing your sex toys on your websites into men and women, like, please no, that would be great. But also, like, posts which are, like, about female masturbation, which don't acknowledge that this is written about cis women and not trans women or non-binary people or AFAB people, they really, I'm not gonna say annoy me, they irk me slightly at the moment because it's just written without any acknowledgement there are trans or non-binary people in the world. Like, say you're talking about sex with the woman on top, and that is, like, the post which you've been sponsored to do, so women on top are your keyword for your sponsored post for this sex-free company who's sponsoring you. It is totally fine to use those words throughout the post, but I would like to see in the post somewhere at least a note which is saying... This woman, this this post is written with cis women in mind. Obviously, not all women. Ha- you don't even need to go through the whole thing, but like, yeah. say that trans and non-binary people. So women some exists. acknowledgement. Yeah, some acknowledgement that this is that while you are writing from a very cis point of view, not everyone reading it will be cis. Because mm-hmm. because let me let me give, let you in on a secret here: the world is not built for trans and non-binary people. The world is built for cis people, <laughs> specifically the world is built for cis white straight men, and. Um, who are Oxbridge educated? And um, anyway, <laughs> um, so the world of.
2: For... It's a really interesting point. Sorry, because it's something I have been super conscious and trying to be much better at when it comes to the kink of the week prompts. Because so when I write my blog, a lot, my, a lot of my blog is obviously about me mm-hmm. and my personal experience, and so therefore you know that's i write that that is um you know i'm a cis person so that's the the way that it's mostly wrapped up but kink of the week is a really good example where i am trying to write an introduction about a kink and you and make that accessible for everybody mm-hmm. and again it's like oh language and so much language around sex is gendered and it's just like oh my gosh and it's actually been i think it i found it for me a a steep learning curve definitely um but one that has made me think a lot about like language and how we use it and how inherent a lot of that gendering is, and we don't even really realise it until you really burrow down into it and start to think about what a phrase or a word, the connotations often attached to it, mean. Um, So, yeah, that's what, I mean, you know, using phrases like, you know, penis owners or, you know, people with vulvas... Um, and stuff like that and kind of incorporating that into how you do it. and you're right as well when writing for other people a lot of um and this is really important for smart lancers people who are freelancing because often you're working for companies who are want. as you said they want to rank for woman on top or you know so this very gendered language and so you can make small differences there by, yes, you've got to produce the content that they've paid you to produce. They want you to talk about male masturbators. That's one I've been asked on quite a lot of occasions. I always try and slip in like, you know, the word penis owners. And I always try to put in somewhere, some phrasing of, you know, not all Um, People with penis identify as being a man, you know, to get those into those pieces to try to normalize those thoughts and those languages. So I think that's a really good tip for people, particularly freelancing people, to think about how you can bring that conversation in, even though, you know, the client wants it to be very gendered. And I wanted to just quickly ask you about sex toy shops.
1: Yes, please do.
2: So, there's so many of them with the whole toys for men and toys for women thing. And then there are obviously ones who have done very, very excellent jobs at just having, you know, dildos, vibrators, anal toys, you yeah. know, whatever. Because that's some of the arguments I've heard around this, arguments, not the right word, but pushback on this is that lots of the of shoppers are cisgendered people and therefore search for cisgendered terms so they search for you know sex toys for women or vibrators for women and so the companies for obvious reasons want to rank for that they want that return so they use that on their site and I appreciate what they're trying to say there what I have advise them to do in that situation is to say okay have those terms on your site but also have the additional so even if you are having the whole sex toys for women sex toys for men thing you can still also have the additional categories of like this is just all dildos this is all vibrators this is all masturbators this is all da 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 what what are your feelings on that? On the fact that that those wordings still remain, they want to keep that wording, even if they're then doing other categorisation as well.
1: I don't love that. If you are putting for men and for women on your on your sex toy website, then yeah. you're assuming that anyone looking at that will assume that you only realise that cis people exist, even if you have all the other like for dildos, for vibrators, for anal toys, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. You. Putting men and women on it excludes non binary people and shows that you think that all men have dicks and all women have vaginas, uh-huh. which is bullshit. Uh-huh. Um, I am obviously not an SEO expert, so I'm about to suggest something which might not work, but I have a suggestion <laughs> okay. here. So my advice would be to absolutely make your search your categories search-optimised for SEO for sex toys for women, but drift because you have a page which is sex toys for women does not mean your, the thing at the top of your site the, when it drops down when you click on the category that's, that's what be. and in the, in your text in your page it can be these are sex toys for people for women cis women and people with and other people with vulvas like you could include that in the text of your category you can include it Maybe even in your URL if you need to, but not you don't need to have it on the button at the top of your site, and people will still find your site, and it can still be optimized for sexual mm-hmm. women. But you aren't actually putting the big button at the top saying that
2: that, that, that declares that site. Yeah, it exactly. That's for excellent advice. I think. I don't
1: know technically if that would work as well for SEO, but I feel like it, that would be a, a potential like it, halfway so I'd step. So I have to
2: do a little bit. For, so I, the answer, to, the SEO answer to that is, it will. It, but if you're but it might not work quite as well as if you use the actual wording mm-hmm. but actually it the the difference between the two I think would be marginal mm-hmm. um, because of actually how SEO works and how if we're talking Google but let's say so other search engines exist <laughs> um, how they crawl sites and how they those bots read it that actually often what you put in the URLs for example, um, can count as much or if not more so than what the actual word on the page says and as you say it's literally just a top level button yeah. that you can change so that's a very fair point thank you I'm glad I asked that question
1: <laughs> yeah Um I sorry I've now lost the train of thought of where I was going with that Um <laughs> it was a really interesting tangent but I can't remember where I was before we started talking about sex toys Um I was going to say yeah, okay, so the world is not built for trans people. So unless you include uh-huh. a sentence in your in your post about women on top, being like, not all women have vaginas, this post is mainly written talking about cis women, trans people and non-binary people reading that are going to assume that you've forgotten we exist. Because yeah. if, you, if you're not explicitly including us, we're going to assume you don't, we, you don't think we exist, because the whole uh-huh. world doesn't explicitly include us and assumes we don't exist. Or assume if we're predators, but that's a different discussion. Um, I I also in in this it's also important to talk about obviously I am an AFAB person I have a v- vagina and a vulva but a lot of the time right now I don't refer to my clit as a clit my clit is actually my dick mm-hmm. um, this, this sounds like it's about to get graphic it's really not it's just to say that you cannot assume because someone's the, someone's genitalia you can't assume someone genitalia from their pronouns you can't assume someone's genitalia anyway it mm-hmm. you can't ask someone what's in their pants if you just meet a trans person in everyday life <laughs> if in sex booking it becomes slightly more complicated because we're often quite showing like sh- we often show the world what's in our pants on our blogs sure um but it's really like it's really important to me like right now if someone told me that i have a lovely cunt that would be very actually quite gender dys- dysphoric for me because I don't I don't identify with having a right now I ident- uh-huh. I have a vagina yes in a very clinical way but I have different more erotic words for my holes at the moment and I don't call my clitoris clit it looks like what you would traditionally think of as a clit but it's actually a dick. Mhm. Uh-huh. Um. I I re- th- this is getting quite convoluted but I just want to say like. If, say you're commenting on someone's sinful Sunday photo, maybe check out what words they're using to describe their own genitalia. For example, yes. Nilin's junk is called a girl cock. And
2: that uh-huh. is specifically
1: the word they use to describe it. And just calling it a dick would be probably quite dysphoric for them. If you talk about uh-huh. my cunt or tell me what a lovely lady I am in the comments on a photo I've posted, I will be a little bit like, I know, you're, I know you mean well, but like, seriously, I've just spent the whole post just talking about how I'm not a, how I'm not a woman. Can't do that. Yes,
2: I think it's, it's especially if it's in the post. If it's in the post you're commenting on, yeah, you know, then it's like, uh huh. I mean, did you read the words at all? One, I mean, I, I guess the only thing you can assume is that they didn't. They didn't read the words at all. In but I just think, just take that tiny that extra couple of minutes it takes to do the work. To get those things right
1: yeah it, it's worth taking the time when it's worth being like like people who like talk about toys for dicks like people who market male masturbators as toys for penises i currently describe my body as more of i would be more likely to say that i have a dick than i have a i've said that i have a dick rather than a clit so technically a clitoral stimulator will work for what, what someone markets as a clitoral stimulator will work for me and a penis masturbator will not but those are not the words i use to describe my genitalia does that make sense like i'm not saying that yes. people need to be that inclusive in what they're doing but they need to be aware that sometimes those words won't work for people and um, yeah as well as if not gendering toys if like i talk about my dick but i do not have what people would traditionally think of as a dick between my legs. I have recently yeah. had a company reach out to me to send me a male masturbator. I don't know if A, they've seen me tweeting online about my dick and assume I have an actual biological factory installed penis, or B, they assume I'm an AFAB woman and I have a male partner. Because I'm obviously have to be straight if I'm reviewing of sex course. on the internet. So one of, <laughs> of those they, they've made one of those two assumptions, I believe. if or they've just randomly selected a someone to send to which is also possible but i would imagine they've made one of those two assumptions about me based on my content and Mm -hmm. both of them are wrong Mm -hmm. and because i talk about my dick but i have what most people would call a clip between my legs so like what i'm saying is here that this is a big tangent i'm talking about my junk a lot but like particularly because we say don't ask a trans person what's in their pants but we talk a we're sex if we talk about sex we talk about what's in our pants and these conversations are very confusing and they're not simple and we're all gonna fuck it up but you need to be open to listening and being more inclusive and if someone tells you no please don't call my junk my cunt please call it my dick please refer to my vagina of my balls even though that's atom atomically completely incorrect but if gender referring for me you need to respect that their dick may look like what you think of as a clit, but that doesn't mean it is a clit. Mm-hmm. I think that was a vaguely coherent rant, <laughs> and what I'm trying to say is this, is, this is really, this is really important, and it's really confusing, and it's really hard. But like, you need to listen to what people are saying, and you, you're going to fuck up. But if someone corrects you, particularly if they correct you on something of personal of their gentles, you need to apologise for that, and like.
2: And do better. Do better.
1: Please do better. It's really easy. The, the bar is so low for, like, doing better. And yet people still aren't passing it right now. It's very sad. If not sad, it's infuriating. But, you know, sad a enough word.
2: And just going back to the sex toy company, I will say mm. in the past, I have been offered on two occasions toys for uh, the for penis use. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, Just, you know, as you said, like out of the blue, suddenly get an email. We could send you this toy. And I was like, I don't have a penis. And both cases, the the email I got back was, oh, don't you have a partner? (laughs) Um, And it was like, not currently with me, you know, kind of uh, conversation. But it's just that assumption that as, you know, they obviously did realize that they were messaging Um, a cis woman Mm -hmm. and so just the just was the blanket assumption that therefore there must be a penis in my life yeah um so so that is the third option that they have just assumed that you must have access to to a penis and
1: sadly Um, we're three months into lockdown i haven't had sex in february (laughs) i would really like to have access to a penis right now but i do not (laughs) like please let there be more dick in my life Um,
2: yeah I can I can go with that sentiment yeah
1: (laughs) Um, sorry I just had one more thing to say there on this sort of like this is very difficult and it's complicated and we're talking about genitals in ways which don't make sense if that you the using the words AFAB and AMAB or people with factory installed dicks and people with vaginas is yeah I don't I don't use the word I do use the phrase people with penises I use it less since I came out because I now say that I have a dick so I and a dick is obviously different to a penis, but it's like more related, it's more confusing. Uh, factory installed dick is a phrase I've copied from Bex, of Bex talk Sex. Um, and he says that to mean a dick which was like, you were born with a dick, or what society would yeah. think of as a dick. So that's a factory yeah. installed dick. So people with factory yeah. installed dick, people with vulvas, AMAB people, so assigned male at birth people, AFAB yeah. people assigned female at birth female. people, those are words which you can totally be using and maybe before you tweet a thing or you post a thing, take a second to work out if your statement about men or women is maybe better replaced with either cis men, cis women, AFAB people or amap people because like sometimes those things like it will take like literally five seconds before you post a thing to be like, hmm, when, when, how many times have I said women in the word piece, this piece do I need to at least specify at least once that I'm talking about people with vulvas and like it's really simple mm-hmm. to do like it will take 30 seconds and it will show that you're being inclusive of trans people because otherwise they'll assume that you've just forgotten we exist we'll assume mm-hmm. that you've just forgotten we exist yeah
2: <sighs> yeah and the other point is it spreads that language to other cis people yeah exactly like so it's, again, back like to making the conversation around pronoun normalising that conversation around pronouns and making that an easier conversation to have. If you start using that language in the pieces that you write, particularly I think this is relevant for smart lancers who are writing copy for other people, encouraging other companies or whoever is um, commissioning your work to start including that language, then you're starting to normalise that for people to just read as being, that's just what they find out there. That's just the language that you see.
1: Yeah, and again, talking specifically to smart managers who do freelance work, if a company says to you, "Um, we can't do that because cis people use our site as well, I don't have statistics on this, but I am absolutely certain that I'm right. People who have explored their sexuality and are queer and people who have explored their gender and are trans or non-binary are more likely to also have explored and examined what they think of sex and therefore be more likely to buy sex toys. I don't obviously have number breakdowns on this, but I would bet that a significant portion of purchases, particularly from independent sex shops, are queer trans non-binary people rather than cis straight couples. And therefore making your language in your copy more inclusive can only benefit you. In my opinion. I obviously don't have the data to back that up, but from everything I understand about sex and queerness, that is what I would say.
0: And uh, from the perspective of if you get pushback, thankfully on the clients I've worked with, I've not gotten pushback They kind of let me do whatever. um, Point out that you want queer and trans and non-binary dollars, just as much as you'd like cisgender dollars. And if you're not willing to be Mm -hmm. inclusive, then you lose out on a a market share of, of, money to be spent capitalism um and and sometimes you can make that capitalistic argument that wait if people feel excluded then they're not shopping here at all and if it takes a uh-huh. if it takes the truly the the literal least another good use of the word literal here this in this conversation the literal least is to change your wording a little bit in a few places consistently why would you not make that small change to then make to, to be known as a, a safe place to go buy your, your sex toys from and then get that market share of customer dollars? So there's yeah, always exactly. there's always the money argument to make too. Uh, I will say as, as a S smart Lancer, as I write a lot of content for a couple of sex toy sites, and thankfully, they've given me the freedom to just sort of, as long as I hit the keywords they want, they really don't care. It's happy with, they're happy with it. And I have, from a business perspective, I've had to do the post that's about sex toys for men. And it's very cringy to me at this point to have to do that, because I do understand that you're then knocking out an entire segment. And I have put in a note, some not necessarily at the top because of other SEO, blah, 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 but right at the beginning, before we get into it, where it says note, we recognize that not... Um, that in here, we are primarily talking about products designed for cis men, or I'll say something like not all men have a penis. And so, and then sometimes when I really want to be subversive and I'm saying, and these are tips for my fellow lancers out there. Sometimes when I'm really subversive, it's a list of sex toys for men. And then I'm going to throw in a, you know, you can use a vibrator together. I don't really care. You know, you could use this kind of toy. Of course, I've got to put the prostate massager and I've got to put the flashlight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you if you are working with a company that mostly just wants the content and they want they want the mm-hmm. certain keywords to be hit and they want certain links to certain things and they trust you and you have uh, you have built that relationship with them and they're kind of like just write the content but hit the links and hit the keywords. You can do a lot more than than you know. Um I want I once mm-hmm. made another not they didn't use the word smutlancer because I hadn't invented the word yet, but another smutlancer essentially is, is who they were. Um, a little annoyed because their big thing was don't work for sex toy companies that use gendered language. And my thought was, but why not infiltrate and fix them from the inside if you get that option? They, they were cranky with me after that, but I was like, no, I'm going to make my money and slip in the inclusive language. Um, I do think that there's something to be said. I think we all have to make financial decisions to take care of ourselves and to live and to eat. But if you are in a financial position not to work for or support a brand or company that refuses to be inclusive, those stands need to be taken. You know, you you if again, I recognize if you are scrimping and scraping, scraping just to try and feed a family or pay your rent different decisions sometimes get made but when you can choose differently you know don't work for the companies that won't let you do that that won't that refuse to be inclusive that refuse to acknowledge that trans or non-binary people exist you know
1: what i do right now when people ask me do you want to join our affiliate program like if they slip into my dms be like do you want to join our affiliate program i will look at their site and um, if they misgender me in their email i'm Less likely to reply. I'm going to be honest. People who come to me being like, "We need more strong, powerful women to promote our sex toys," I'm like, mm, "You realise that's not me, right? Like, I, I, I'm happy to help you promote your sex toys if you change that wording significantly." And um, but like, if someone comes into my DMs and like, "I want you to join my affiliate pro I want you, to- we want you to join our affiliate program. I will look at their site and if they have gendered categories i will dm them back and be like i'm not looking to join any more affiliate programs yet but my rate for consultancy on how to make your site less gendered and more inclusive is x and um so far i've only had one person reply to that email and they replied to that email saying that they were working internally to make those changes and they would email me back again to ask if i want to join once those changes be made i haven't heard back from them since but at least i've got one response which was clearly like okay the company was like yes we, we know this is an issue and we're working on it so at some point someone is totally going to have to pay me to do that because there are so many companies out there and like the future is trans inclusive, folks. The fu- future is not female. The future is female but it's also trans inclusive and accessible and very queer and like at some point some of these people are going to have to hire me to do stuff or hire you if you're out there tra- trans and non-binary sex bloggers listening to this or you know queer sex bloggers or black or people of colour sex bloggers like we need our voices to be really heard right now and mm-hmm. people are eventually going to pay off to do the shit because people are going to realise that if you're not inclusive then there is not going to be money for you in the future I hope maybe that's maybe that's a bit of like I should carry out that obviously I don't know that this might be a while away but like I like to believe that we are working towards that more inclusive place hmm
0: Yes. I agree. And I, I hope we are. And I think that everybody listening and those of us having this conversation, obviously, Molly and myself, if we keep doing our small parts that we can, the things that we can control, then we move that conversation forward. And we we uh-huh. especially those of us who are cisgender, we use the privilege that we have to to know that where our voices will be amplified over a transgender person's voice to amplify a transgender person's voice. And to make these very simple changes and show that you can have a really successful sex blog that's extremely inclusive and doesn't rely on sex toys for women or woman to like that. You can find success using inclusive language, inclusive keywords, you know, appealing to the broad strec- spectrum of humanity that wants to talk about whatever kink or sex or whatever thing that you're creating content for. Mm-hmm. So that we, we, it's uh, it's that old be the change you want to see you know
2: right yo.
1: and like to give another example of that i i want to say in february this year but it might be in february last year got approached by a company who wanted to sponsor post to myself about penis pumps and i like i know nothing about penis pumps but i am like are you okay with me using it to talk about like not just like the typical penis pump to make your dick bigger, but talk about masculinity and insecurity. And also trans guys who potentially, if you're on T, on testosterone, your clit will go bigger, and we're wondering mm-hmm. if by using a penis pump, you could get your dick to go even bigger and more like what we traditionally think of as a dick. So I explored that angle in my sponsored post for them, and they were really happy, because I was still using all of their keywords, but I was actually talking about trans inclusivity, mm-hmm in that post. So I got really traffic-lucy post. They paid me for it and I got all of their keywords in. Um, So, like, it's totally doable. Totally, totally doable. (laughs) Okay. So,
0: I feel like we're coming maybe to the end of our conversation. So I just want to make sure one one last time, is there any, are there any other points, Quinn, that you really want to make sure that get made here? Last thoughts, little things, anything?
1: Um... i i the only other thing i've written down which i haven't said yet is how much i appreciated before i was out of trans in january on our smut lancer skype call which you should totally join the smut lancer <laughs> patreon because it's the best thing ever S- patreon slash the smut lancer i think the smut lancer i don't know I'm S. Trying- it's okay <laughs> Smutlancers S. can't plug i can't plug your patreon and <laughs> um, but i love it and um, You asked, you said ladies at the start of the call, and then checked if everyone okay with us using the word ladies to describe you, and it was all AFAB people on the call. At that point, I was really I was trans, but I wasn't out yet, and so I said yes. But I really appreciate that you've asked, and you haven't used that phrase since then, obviously because you know I'm trans, and you're thinking of being Mm -hmm. inclusive. Like, if you're, particularly if you're an erotic an erotic writer or you're talking to groups about people who talk about sex, don't start your talk, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. like, <laughs> Even if you think there are only ladies and gentlemen in your audience, there won't be. There will be trans and non-binary mm-hmm. people who aren't out. Last year, not last year, when did I do a presentation at Eroticon? Eroticon 2019, I spoke at Eroticon. And I made yeah. a stupid mistake of being like, I'm talking about this for a cis person and I don't expect there are any non-binary people in the room and a non-binary person just took their, stuck their hand up and was like, I'm here. And I'm like... I have literally just done the opposite of what my talk is all about and assume they're not in here. But, like, you can't know who's in the room, so you need to be inclusive the whole time. Mm -hmm. I think that's my final thought, yes.
0: I think that's a brilliant final thought. So, one more thing from you. Uh, Where should people go to learn more about you, to read your content, to pay you? Because we
1: are definitely here for people getting paid. Um, okay, so I am Quinn Rhodes, I am a trans, queer, disabled sex blogger, you can find my sex blog at onqueerstreet.net. no, no, d- don't go there, Onqueerstreet.com. sorry, I'm trying, I, whenever, I'm used to listening to a different podcast and I'm doing their outro instead of my outro,
2: like my <laughs> stuff,
1: which is not helpful, Not. I don't want to send you to girlyjuice.net, OnQueerstreet.com. I'm on Twitter at OnQueerStreet and on Instagram at Curiosity And um, So you could check out my sex book there, check out my photos, my tits on Twitter, check out um, photos of all the books, sex positive books I'm reading on Instagram. And you can also find me now on Twitter at be nice to trans. So as you'd think those four words spelled be nice to trans and also be nice to trans.com where if you're interested in some of the things we've been talking about in this episode about uh, transphobia in the sex community you can go over there and check out my posts about that which are a little bit ranty there but there's also like also like 101 content basic resources if you're really if you're struggling throughout this episode say with the fact that I've been using AFAB people go to be nice to trans.com and there are some resources link there as well as some steps which cis allies can take right now to support trans people and my patreon of course where you can join as a thank you for other apologies for misgendering me or if you want to ask if your project is inclusive or ask me to do some trans sensitivity reading for you that's at patreon.com slash on street and that is where I create advice on how not to be a dick to trans and binary people. If you'd think that would be really easy and people would get that, but apparently not. So I'm making a living off people. Well, not a living yet. I'm making money off people not understanding that you need to be nice to people, even if their gender identity is different to yours.
0: Mm-hmm. All links will be in the show notes. Y'all all links will be in the show notes. Please use the show notes. If you cannot see the show notes from your podcast app, go to the Use the links. Follow Quinn. Follow other non-binary and trans bloggers and people. Have conversations. Do your research. Do not slide into people's DMs asking uh, uncomfortable questions. One about what's in their pants. Two to
1: educate you so you don't have to do the emotional labor. But or sorry, you can totally slide into someone's DMs and ask them to educate you if you're willing to pay. There them.
0: you go. Exactly. Thank you, Quinn. And I highly recommend paying Quinn to educate you. Is just is what I'm here to say. Um that i think it's been an excellent conversation i think that i i think that quinn brought the knowledge and so thank you for that um i think even in this conversation i have found better ways to try to describe the things i think and i certainly have walked away with some things i'm gonna do differently um Mm -hmm. and so yeah molly do you have any last thoughts anything you want to add
2: uh no i think my only thing is if you're listening to this or have listened to this it is quite a long episode and maybe you have it's uh you have some questions about something specific like maybe you've been asked to write something or um You know, something like that, as again, if your question is what's in someone's pants, then don't. But if you have genuinely questions that have come up as a result of things that we've talked about today, where you're like, this is a situation and I don't know, like, how would I deal with this thing? How would I make this better? How could I get this company to do this thing? Then we obviously always have that opportunity in the mailbag episode that you can throw questions up from it we would try to answer them and if we feel completely um like that that's our area then um, maybe we could always um pass those on to Quinn um if you have like genuine questions about how like about something specific, where you're like, "This is the situation, and what would your advice be? How could I do this better? How could I work with this company better?" Then you know, do feel free to get in touch um, and bring that up, and then you know, you might get a an answer for that. And um, obviously, if it needed required a longer thing, then again, I point you back to Quinn's patron. Mm-hmm.
0: Pay Quinn is, I think, is I think the message here just just pay yeah. Quinn. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much, Quinn, for being here and talking to us and helping us do better be better educate ourselves um thank you for being such an avid supporter of the podcast in general and the community and being part of our community um I definitely definitely know that you make it a better place when you're there when you're active even when you're not active I'm like wait I haven't heard from Quinn in a couple days what is happening um so we're we're glad you could be with here with us um this week and yes yes thank you, you very are much officially the smut lancer historian because you remember shit i don't remember and i i'm grateful to you for that so <laughs> that is it for us this week we are gonna go i don't know what we'll be talking about next week it's a surprise we'll figure it out uh but we will talk to you next week bye y'all bye, bye. Thanks for listening to the Smutlancer podcast. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great information at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smutlancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's at thesmutlancer in all three places, or follow Eroticon on Twitter or Instagram at Eroticon UK, all one word, Eroticon UK. For more tips, tricks, and help from your fellow Smutlancers, join us at patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week.